Hey everybody, what's up? It's Chase. Welcome to another episode of the show. That's right, Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. I am psyched. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna mess around. I'm going right into it. We have Nate Bergazzi on the show today, y'all. Nate freaking Bergazzi. The comedian, he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. I stumbled on his work two, I think two years ago. Thanks in part to Julie who produces the show. I gotta give a shout out to Julie. Thank you for the tip. First time I ever watched Nate's stuff, I just had tears rolling down my face. And so in today's show, we get to sit down with Nate. He's in, in Seattle uh, for not one sold out show, not two sold out shows, but three sold out shows. I went to the show last night uh, and oh my goodness. <laughs> it was really fun to, to see the show and then to have him come in and record this podcast for your listening pleasure today. Uh, and you know what we found out? Not only is Nate an awesome human and incredibly talented at his career of choice and funny and all that stuff, but there's so many beautiful insights that the pursuit of comedy as the, the craft uh, putting yourself out there, taking risks, being vulnerable, all of those things, all those elements. It's, it was almost like this was a master class or uh, some heightened version of, or a compressed version of so many shows because we cover it all. Um, we hear Nate start uh, from a, a young child. We hear a story about the first time he really told a great story, sitting in a circle with a bunch of friends and they were all laughing and the, 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 the buzz that he got from that. We hear about his father, who's a magician and a clown, works his way into his act. Um, there's no spoilers in here, so don't worry if you want to, uh, if you haven't seen his new Netflix show, um, which just dropped uh, a month ago. It's an amazing, amazing Netflix special called uh, Nate Bergazzi, The Tennessee Kid. Uh, no spoilers here, so uh, I, I, I promise you're going to want to listen to it, though. If you appreciate comedy, or even if you don't, if you're looking for a bright spot in your day, his comedy also is 100% clean, not a single cuss word, so it's, it's literally something there for the whole family if, you like to, uh, if you're looking for things and, and ways to spend time uh, w- with your family in a clean, humor sort of way, Nate is your guy. Uh, just an amazing conversation. We, we take a long career arc and we go really, really deep on a handful of things that I know you'll appreciate. And I want to give a shout out to Nate for, uh, for showing up, being vulnerable, and you got to follow him. He's just at Nate Bargazzi on, uh, I think, well, on Insta for sure, but uh, check him out, follow him, got to watch his show. But before you do any of that stuff, you're going you're gonna to not, not, not do any, nothing distracting. You're going to focus right now because we're going to give you a great conversation with yours truly and Mr. Nate Argazzi. I'm going to get out the way. Before we do, just a super quick word from our sponsor. Check this out, y'all. This episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show is sponsored by Creative Life for Business. This is different than the regular old Creative Live. So whether you love, passionately love where you work, or it's sort of like meh, or on the other side, if it's a creative wasteland and you want to inspire some change in the place that you work, you're not alone. Studies say that three out of four people, that's right, 75% of people say they're not living up to their creative potential at work. If so, I want to introduce you to Creative Live's newest product. It's called Creative Live for Business. And in a nutshell, it's a way to get access to all of Creative Live's content for your entire team and or entire company and maybe bring in some much needed energy and innovation to that team or company simply by 
going to creativelive.com slash teams. Now, Creative Live for Business is already in service of several of the top creative firms on the planet and a powerhouse list of many of the Fortune 100 top brands. These brands care about creativity and innovation. And you know what? These companies pay for this for their employees. So it doesn't matter if you're a team of five people, 55, or or if there's 50,000 people in the company. If this sounds interesting to you and you want to check it out, either you can check it out or refer your boss to Creative Live by sending them to creativelive.com slash teams. Remember, most forward-thinking companies, they prioritize things like creative skills, like design thinking, leadership, collaboration, wellness. And again, with Creative Live for Business, you get access to all that taught by some of the top instructors in the world all on Creative Live. So again, you can visit or send your boss a link to creativelive.com slash teams to learn more. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here. Yeah. The um, actor is, is a very loose actor. So <laughs> if, I don't want people to, you know. Explain. Well, because I always think it's like, I, you always want to be a comedian. That's all what I wanted to be. And so you do want to go, I mean, you obviously you want to do other stuff, and, uh, but it's all to like push comedian, Got to it. be a stand-up comedian. That's the main thing. Got it. So, and if, yeah. should, and if I, I, should like I take ever that act, back? Should we do a retake? No, 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 <laughs> no it's fine. Because if you act at some point, is it, is it good for your career or is it not good? No, I think it's good. I mean, I, I could be real bad at acting, you know? You don't know. So you haven't actually no. acted yet. Uh-uh. But the goal is to do it. Got it. Get a show. Uh, yeah, to get a show. So we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of shows, yeah, um, we were talking just before we started rolling. You had a show here. We're in Seattle. Yeah. Um, I know really good friends with um, guy Adam who does all the booking for all of the Seattle the SDG yeah. Theater Group, and he had me paying attention to your work a long time ago. And also Julie, who produces the show. Um, I'm a huge fan of comedy. She's like directed me to your work a long time ago, yeah. and. I understand that you were going to have one show in yep. Seattle, and then they added a second show, and yep. that sold show that that show sold out, and then they added a third show, yeah, which also sold out. Yeah, so it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Crazy, yeah. and there was a it's lot all of people. Coming together. Yeah, there was. A, it's all going to go down after this. <laughs> Next time in Seattle, it's going to be. It, this is you, you peaked. Like, not only you tried to do three shows, couldn't do three, now went to two. <laughs> And you're barely getting one. How does it feel now? I'm like, that's what I feel like it's going to head to. Uh, yeah, it, it gets crazy. It's, uh, we booked, uh, you know, like not jumped so far, but it's like you, we had, we're doing a big theater tour in the fall. And then we were starting to kind of like try to do some theaters before uh, my Netflix special came out. And we had this one booked before that. Yeah. And so like it did good where I, it was maybe one show was sold out. Maybe we add, I think we added the second one before the special came out. So it's good when you go to a place and you're already able to like sell tickets like that before like something like Netflix big thing. comes. And then when that, when that came out, it was like, I think that third show was already starting to talk about doing it and that helped push it over. But yeah, it's, it's awesome. Amazing show last night. Thank you. Before we get into the details of the show, and I, this is honestly just there's a little confession I have to make for those folks listening and watching. I really just want to ask you about all your jokes, but I know that would obviously yeah. be terrible. So um, I'll find, I'm going to find a way to learn a little bit more backstory without blowing the jokes, and that'll be on me. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. You can ask. Yeah, ask me. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, but more than uh, what's happening right now, I want to go all the way back, way back. Okay. Grew up in Tennessee. Yeah. Give me the earliest, like, what I, I'll, I'll give a little context. So mostly, like, the things that we're supposed to be doing in life happen to us, or we, the things that we're passionate about, usually there's some hint or signal in our past as kids, like we love to be on stage, or we yeah. loved sports, or we love fill in the blank. So what did you love? How did, how did you know that this is a thing that you wanted to do? Did you, what was your journey? So take me back to the beginning. Yeah, uh, you know, I always think like, it's, uh, I don't know if there was ever any one thing that like, I, or I don't think I thought like I was gonna be a stand-up comedian or even a performer or any, uh, there was never like just automatically thinking like this is my dream. Like I know there's some comics that like would, we stayed up and watched The Tonight Show or they'd watch all this stuff and be like I wanted to do that. Like I don't, I don't ever remember thinking like I want to do that exactly. Uh, I do remember being funny. I remember doing, my dad is a magician and so. Which is we have to talk about yeah. a little bit. So I was, I, I was around and he's funny. He does, he does comedy and he is. So I was around him doing funny stuff. So, it, you know, I, I think it was all like just soaking in yeah. without me even realizing it. And then I know when I got to high school, I remember, uh, I remember saying I wanted, like I would joke that like if someone was funny, like, oh, you're going, I'm going to go to Zany's, which is the local comedy club in Nashville. And it's an unbelievable club, very known club, been around for a long time. And so anybody that was funny, in my senior year, I wrote like, where are you going to be in 10 years? And it was like, it was, I think I wrote playing in the NBA for some reason, <laughs> which I actually did because I played the Nashville Baptist Association which <laughs> for my church league. So uh, technically, you know, technically if you don't really look into it, it does check out. Uh, <laughs> and we, and then I wanted to be at Zany's and I, I said I would do that. I don't know, like, you know, I never wrote these goals down, goals down like being like, I am going to do that. I just wrote it down almost just being funny. And, you know, then it ended up working out. Uh, I do remember the first, one of the first things that I uh, remember outside of doing stand-up, I remember once I was uh, at a party and I was telling the story about uh, a girl, some girl, like a, a girl I dated or, you know, in high school, like the first girlfriend I had, like, and I remember telling it and I remember talking for like 40 minutes, like on a porch and just everybody was laughing. And I remember, you know, we were like, oh, that felt good. all right, that felt good. And then I remember going to somewhere else to a party with people that were, those, those, those were my guys from my high school. And then we go to another party and it's people not from my high school, so I don't know them. And my friend is like, he's like, tell that story again. And I tried and like did not go good. <laughs> Anytime your friend says, yeah. tell that story so again, again it's like, like not good seriously, at all. Seriously, bro? Yeah. <laughs> And it was almost the it was the first time though having to learn how to repeat something and yeah uh, and I couldn't and and then just how much it, it didn't work out I mean people were not on board <laughs> like the first time I talked for like forty minutes and the second one like to wrap it up in like eighty seconds <laughs> you're like, just like done good, good story yeah, that's dude good. yeah <laughs> um, all right so that takes you presumably that's teenager stuff yes that was yeah 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 before that was like you know. We did, I did some shows with my dad, like we would do at like our church, like he would do shows and I would do some, you know, some stuff were you with like, that. Were you his like sidekick? 
I w- we need to talk. We need to cover a little yeah. ground for anyone who doesn't know that your father's yes. a magician, because that's a huge part yeah. of the what well, you talk about a little bit in your act. Yeah. And and so were you like assistant? So when he said you can cut the lady in half with the saw, was that like you? I was yeah, as an eight year old, <laughs> I'm just like I'm just like I'm just really getting into it, like the saw part. Uh, tools, uh, tools, yeah. <laughs> He, so he's like, as I say in a lot of my acts, he started as a clown. Like, ever, like you've ever been yelled at by a clown, I have. Like, uh, <laughs> and when I was uh, five, I remember he came and did a show at our kindergarten. And he, was, he dressed as a clown because he was a clown at that time. And he, I remember I was sitting, that one I sat like on the stage behind him. You know, because it's my dad and I just, you want to be like, yeah. you know, it's you're five dad. and it's my dad. This is, you know. And so I remember he had this trick that was this, uh, I'm not giving anything away. Like it's, I mean, it's a, it's a child's trick. It's not like this is the fuck. That show where the guy gives away tricks. Uh, it's, but it was, it was like, he had the, uh, this uh, like wood thing that had two doors that would open. And a dog was in the doors. And, you would, and the dog would, there's a hole in the middle. And the dog would go from this door, you would see him cross, go to this door. And then when you open this door, he would be gone. You would ask the kids which doors he's at. They would yell, and he could make it be either one. Well, I'm sitting behind the trick, and I there's the trick is there's, there's two dogs back there. You think there's just one, but there's two. And I just yelled that out to like all the kids. I was like, Dad, there's two dogs. Like I just I mean just completely ruined his trick. And he's like, Oh, like, thanks. Yeah. Bud. Some of the kindergartners left. They were like, This guy's terrible. Um, but so I, that was like the first like like helping out where I did I mean I didn't that was the, the worst yeah good 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 yeah, job helping the least amount yeah. and so I would do sometimes I would do we would go if he did shows he'd do shows at a mall and I would sometimes go up there and help and I was never great at it I never did good he didn't bring me you know he used to do they would do he'd do some, this children's hospital in Nashville and he took us once and they he make he could make animal balloons. So he would go do a magic show and make animal blues. And he took me and my brother, and then we have another friend, and his his kids went too. And so they would, they would, we would do for all the kids there and do this show. I did it once, and I was like, oh, that was fun. And then we never did it again. And I was like, all right. And I, I mean, like five years ago, I found out my brother and dad have been doing it for 20 years. Like they just, I just cut got cut out. out of this. <laughs> like I, they, one day I was at home like around Christmas. I was like, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, we're going to do this hospital gig. I was like, y'all still do that? Like, they, I was like, y'all never, I never got invited back to that ever. They I just was, didn't think you had talent. Is that yeah, they just was? figured they're like, these guys bring the show down. These make, the kids are asking them to leave. The most like, famous yeah. Bergazzi is not included in the show. Not included in the show. They, uh, not to be confused with two thumbs. Not, yes, not to good. Which we had, uh, I might have said that last night. Yeah, you did. Yeah, Two Thumbs Bar gets to that lady, yeah. Yeah. We had someone in our family, she has uh, two thumbs. A baby was born two thumbs. They, they did not know why until they saw my Netflix joke where I tell about the Bargetti guy having two thumbs. It's a good one. Yeah. Do, do, we don't want to, we, we, we have to watch the show. Okay, we're not going to give you all the insight. Well, that one's on, that one's on, that joke is on like Netflix, Brad, the Brad Paisley I just talked oh, about two thumbs Bargetti. Yeah, that joke's out. I don't. I mean, I couldn't even do the whole joke. But a guy had two thumbs, like in the 1900s or something, in our family, and was murdered because <laughs> uh, he was hooking up with this guy's wife. And then, and then, yeah. And the joke, I was like, oh, because then he leaves and gives the guy two thumbs, one hand up, and then 
the, uh, when the, the guy come home, this was all this like a true story. The, the guy came home and was like, your wife's cheating on you. And he's like, with who? He's like, I don't know his name, but he had two thumbs on one hand, if that helps. Because uh, <laughs> like, yeah, definitely, like, yeah. that's very and helpful. That narrows it down quite a bit <laughs> in the, the small town in the 1900s. <laughs> And then so the, it's Gary. It's, yeah, yeah, like I think so. Uh, does he have two thumbs? And so we had a, but there's, I, and I met him. Someone in our Bargetti family, their their child, who I think is 12 now, but was born with two thumbs on one hand, and they didn't know why until they saw that joke, and then they were like, on the oh, Netflix on special. the Netflix thing, and then so then they're like, Do you get oh, a thank you note. Dear, uh, dear they Nate. sent me the other thumb. Like, <laughs> they mailed the. the it's, it comes in a box. It comes in Thanks. a box. And a, yeah, it's in my office. Good job like, that's, my, that's my cousin's thumb. <laughs> well, let's keep going. You're in the, you're, you're helped with your dad, so there's some seeds of yeah. performance. You, you, there are some individual experiences along the way where you felt like you got some juice from being funny in front of your friends. Yeah. Um, but that's different from actually standing on stage and practicing a, a, a gig. So, yeah. Give, what, what's the gap there? Uh, and what did you do to put food on the table, or did you just go straight into it and it was all successful and you lived happily ever after? It's, uh, no, no, it goes, I mean, when I, I so I worked, uh, like we talked about, I, I used to read water meters, I worked with a guy, and he wanted to do stand-up, and, or he wanted to go to move to Chicago, and I was, we were like talking about it, I was like 23 in New York, in Chicago, I've always had jobs, which I do say this in my new act, but like I've always had dumb jobs, like moving people or water meters, all the stuff I can go back to. It never, I was never like a lawyer, doc, you know, something that's like, I spent, I didn't go to college, like my loan was, you know, I think my parents honestly paid my student loan off, which was $1,100. Uh, it was, you know, it was nothing, like absolutely nothing. So. I, I, my buddy wanted to go, and we went, and uh, that's when we moved to Chicago. And I remember when I first was going, I was trying to, like, I would, I would drive around. I started delivering pizzas at night just to try to save up money for us to move. And I would record, like, I, I, would, I bought a tape recorder and just if I thought of any jokes. I mean, this was all new to me. I never did it in Nashville first. I did it in Chicago. And then was this because your friend wanted to do it? And you said, "Yeah, maybe we could do it together." I, that is kind of yes. fun. Like, okay. I wanted, I did want to do stand up at that point. Like at that point, I was like, I think I want to do, try this. But was it like overtly like, "Hey, yeah, let's go do this," or was it like, "This is uh, like I'm not telling anybody in case I suck or in case I fail," or was it how how intentional was it? Oh, it was intentional. I told I told yeah. everybody. I told my family, and uh, my my parents were super supportive of it. Obviously, with my dad doing this, he's, yeah. he loves it. He yeah. loved the idea. I mean, they, they were, like, great. And, I mean, it, it did help that it's not like... I know some guys... There's a lot of comics that are... Uh, Greg Giraldo, who passed away, but he was a lawyer. A lot of comics are lawyers. Uh, some of them have, like... One of my buddies, Dan Shackey, is, uh, he, was, he, went to, he went to University of Miami. He was, like, an engineer. Like very smart, like their parents got to be way more disappointed in them <laughs> than me. My parents are like, you know, Netflix, like, like our kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When I go, they're like, well, what's, it's not like I was doing something. It's not like I'm hanging on to the fam, like you know, something. <laughs> they were like, he can, I can come back and do whatever. Uh, so it was, it was. I was able to. 
it was very, it was great to be able to move, you know, to do it. I always have a, I used to do a joke about, though, I don't think anybody cares that anybody does anything. Uh, you know, there's a big mentality of like, everybody told me I couldn't make it and all this stuff. And I just, I don't think anybody tells anybody that. Like, I don't think, any, why would anybody care? <laughs> if you're going to go try something. I don't, I mean, I, you know, maybe they do. What about high pressure, like helicopter parents? Don't they, like, they want to make sure. Yeah, I guess, and, that, that, and I just didn't have that. So yeah, so maybe they, they could do that. I used to, but I used to have a joke uh, where I said like athletes would be like, I'm going to dedicate this to all the people that said I wouldn't make it. And you're like, you're like eight foot tall. Like no one, <laughs> no one went on a limb and said, I bet you could maybe do it. No one in your family. It was NBA. like, eh, you should try it, you know, <laughs> like, I think you should try it. Uh, so, yeah, so I was, yes, I do think that where, like, if, 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 if you really went to school and went to college and really did something, I, I do, I could see pressure pressure of, you know, having to do that. And when I moved, and yeah, so I, I mean, I, I wanted to move there, and I, we took some classes at Second City. So there was at least a goal, like, at least, like, all right, we're doing this. And I didn't really like Second City. I took this class, Comedy College, in uh, in Chicago, uh, and I, I just started taking that, and it was great. Like a lot of times, like uh, comics can some comics really hate like classes, stand-up classes. I don't hate them because I think you don't know what to do. So I don't think a person can teach you how to be funny, but they can tell you like how to like be in the scene and like and you meet other people starting like you so you're not just out there alone and because if you're alone it's you might quit because you're, you're too you know you're like I don't know these people um, it's it's the there's most nerve-wracking there needs to be there's a yes there's a safe community of like we're all nowhere right now we're all starting for the first time and uh, there's no like judgment and you know because I mean when you first start I mean, it's just brutal, you know, you're in front of, talk, you're talking to people in front of a crowd, it's, I mean, it's not fun at all, and it's, you know. Do you have a bet, any bad memories you could share? Uh, you know what's funny is that when I did that comedy class, they wrote an article about the guy, his name's Jim Roth, and he still teaches that class, but they wrote an article in the Chicago Tribune about it, so I mean, the first, like, four weeks of me in comedy, I'm my name's in the Chicago Tribune. Like, it looks like it's really coming together. <laughs> like, like, I just walk in. And we, we took a big step back after that. Uh, the Tribune was my biggest thing. Still to this day, the biggest thing I've ever done. Uh, there was, when you first started, I remember, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, in Chicago, there was like crazy uh, Pete Holmes, Kumel Nagiani, uh, TJ Miller, uh, I mean, there's, uh, I'm missing some names. But there, there was a ton, Hannibal Burris. There was a lot of people starting. So when I first moved there, all of us were starting. And so it's a pretty crazy group of guys that are doing it now. But I remember when you first started, it was, you know, I don't, you don't even know what to expect. Yeah. You just wanted to get the laugh. And then I moved to New York. After, so I was in Chicago for two years and I watched Comedian. Okay. If you guys ever watched that with Seinfeld, they follow him around. It's unbelievable. And it's, I watched it at a movie theater by myself. Why is it unbelievable? Because it showed Because you. it showed him in New York. It showed him, he, so the point of that is like, it's after he does Seinfeld and he comes back and he's going to shoot a special and he's got to build a new act. 
So it was to see the inside of that is just done. He's going to all the comedy clubs in New York and you, they follow him around. There's a guy, Orny Adams, that's on it, that's a younger comic. And Orny's uh, great. I know Orny now. And uh, he's so funny, very funny guy. And it's just very neat to like see the comedy clubs and all this stuff. And so th at that point, I was like, oh, I need to go to New York. I need to move to New York. And I was in Chicago for two years. And so then from that, and Seinfeld's the like the guy. Yeah, yeah, it was the community that you were in. And in, in, I'm a huge advocate of community. Like yeah. if you're putting yourself out there, you said earlier, like being alone, you do that three or four times, you're alone, you fall on your face, you feel terrible. Mm -hmm. and you got nobody to pick you up and nobody to tell you, oh, here's some constructive feedback. Did you have that in Chicago? Was that a good experience? Yeah. Yeah, they were, it was uh, with the guys that I started with. I still talk to one guy that he doesn't do anymore, but he was in my class. When I meet people, I mean, I, I, they rarely get out of my life, <laughs> whether they want it or not. <laughs> I talk to, I mean, I talk to people oh, you have that I work. number two, don't you? Oh, dude, you're going to be in this forever. <laughs> you just better jump on board now because it's, it's not going away. Uh, they, yeah, I, like when, I, when you, you started with those guys that you took the class with, so you're able to talk to people. And then, you know, when we all go hit all these open mics, you know, there's cliques even in the larger community. Sure. But you're still with people that are all got the same goal. I mean, when I was in Chicago, there's a guy, Brian Regan, comedian. He's very known, very funny, unbelievably funny. Uh, one of the best ever. And, uh, you know, he's like, he, you know, he's like probably below Seinfeld as far as when his group. Co comics all talk a lot about groups, like who you started with. That's sure. a very big thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, Regan is like, but he's been doing it for, uh, you know, 25, 30 years probably. But I remember the first time hearing his CD, my dad mailed it to me when I was in Chicago. And it was the first time I ever like, I was like, why is this guy not the most famous person on earth? Like, it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. And it was like great for me at that point to be like, oh, like there's people that are, this guy's not famous at this point. Now he's just, yeah. but at this point you're like, he's not famous. So talented, but And so, yeah. And so then you're like, oh, like you, you know, you're like, okay. Like, cause you think everybody's just Seinfeld. Sure. And it's merit, right? Yes. It's like the funniest person is the most famous. Yes. And that's just not real. That's not. And, uh, you know, that's when I moved to New York was, was it because I, of that CD or was it? Uh, that CD just opened, like it was just the first time I think I realized, I don't know, just hearing something that I didn't know exist. And I, I, I couldn't, you know, yeah, it changed my life in the fact that you're like, what? Like you just, I don't know, you're like, this is so funny. And was, he, was he New York based or was it the Seinfeld part of, of retrenching in comedy that, that drew you to New York? Yeah, I think he started in New York. I don't know Brian Regan, uh, but he, uh, he, I think he was in New York some, and then now he's been touring forever and lives in Las Vegas, I think. Uh, it, was, it was just like seeing it. That, so when I moved to New York, so we moved there, uh, I, ha I handed out flyers. I, like Pete Holmes has a, has a show on HBO called Crashing. And I started with Pete Holmes at the Boston Comedy Club in New York. It was called that. And we would stand on the corner and just hand out flyers to be like, we got a great show tonight. And then you would get to perform uh, at the end of the show. It could be one in the morning, two in the morning. And you could go in front of, as I said last night, I performed for one guy uh, that wouldn't leave. <laughs> and you don't want to perform for one guy. <laughs> 
But, and then I, I mean, I, I, you're regularly, the first five, six years of being in New York, you're performing for four to eight people. Like, and that's in, you know, you get very used to that. Yeah. Uh, and so you just, but you're doing it every single night. I went up every single night. and Five years. Oh, yeah, it's probably at least. I mean, I, I, when I handed out those flyers, I forget. That was a, that was a, a year or two. How are you supporting yourself at this time? Because it's not, I had, not on eight times eight, six, you're not getting $64 a night, right? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been rolling in it if I got $64 a night. My, uh, that day when I first moved, uh, I worked at a restaurant when I lived in Chicago. And then when I moved to New York, uh, I worked for FedEx when I first moved there. Because I always did delivery stuff. So I was able to like drive, and this is back when you had to deliver, there was no GPS, like you, it was a map, you have a little book, and I, just, I knew how to read the map, because I've, and so I remember uh, I got a job at FedEx and I was delivering, and I, I would deliver in Manhattan, which is very easy, because it's a grid, so it's, you just kind of go loop around, and then I delivered in Queens and Brooklyn, it was much harder to deliver in, because the streets are all crazy. And so I started doing that, and then, but I was like, sometimes when you would deliver, you, sometimes you could get done at FedEx, you could get done at 2 in the afternoon, and then sometimes it could be 8 p.m. It was like, the hours were too crazy, and it was, almost, it was like a full-time job, and I was like, well, I can't, this Dude. is too much. Yeah. And so then I just started loading the trucks, and so that's like a 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. or something like that. I think this is, this is really important if I can put a pin in this, because yeah. a lot of folks who are trying to figure out their deal, they like, you take a full-time job, yeah. and it smokes you, basically, yeah. and so you've got no energy to pursue the thing you're supposed to be doing, and mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting that you did it, realized that you didn't have any time. Was it time, or was it energy? It, I mean, it was time. I yeah. mean, it was... Choose yeah. up 10 hours in a day. And yeah, yeah. It was just running the risk of you're like, yeah, I didn't move here to become a FedEx like guy. <laughs> so Even though I delivered once in New Jersey and they said it was the quickest they've ever seen it done. <laughs> I killed it. Got a lot of aptitude. Yeah, well, you had to go do it in Jersey. Like, because Jersey was like how I was more on the streets that I started on, where it's like houses and uh, more of a neighborhood. And they were like, I remember them just saying that was very, you did that very quick. And nice I was job. like, you know, what, you got a lot of potential. What do you want me to, you know, what do you want me to do? I'm really good at this. <laughs> so, and that's so how you, I became the most famous FedEx. I switched to FedEx <laughs> from that point on. No. So you, then you sort of downregulated this full-time gig to something where you, from 5 to 10 a.m., you said? Yes, 5 a.m., 10 a.m. And so when we would hand out those flyers, I would be at the comedy clubs pretty regularly until 2 to 3, 3 in the morning. So I figured... I could just do that and I would just stay awake and then go to there at five and then be done at 10 and then sleep. And then I had to be back at the club at like 7 p.m. to start handing out these flyers again. So I just would like kind of just get into that rhythm. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, it's like this is what my schedule is going to be. So like, I'll just make it work like this. The whole goal is to be a comedian. So it's not like I'm going out and trying to like experience New York outside of comedy. Yeah, so focus. That's the focus. Yeah, is on that. So I just did that for a while. For five years. I didn't work at FedEx for five years. I mean, it switched. I mean, I eventually stopped doing the FedEx, and then I went to like walk. I walked dogs. Walking dogs was a very big job in New York. Uh, I did that for a little bit, just because that was easy. You could do it during the day, and it was like getting back to like a little bit more. Because that five a.m. to ten a.m. does. 
that wears on you. Like you yeah. get very tired of. You uh, look good though. Yeah, I, it took me 18 years just to get <laughs> back to normal. <laughs> yeah. To get the dark circles. Just to out. get yeah, <laughs> so you don't look like a maniac. Uh, so then yeah, then I went back to like dog walking, and then I did some. The last job I had was like a temp agency, which is just full of everybody that's doing, uh, that's pursuing a dream. You know, yeah, you got to just do whatever. You got to have a job. I mean, I, I knew, you know, there's a lot of comics though too that like some people would have the same job. There's there was different ways people thought about it. I knew some guys that were like they they would have like a real job, so they would you know nine to five like a legit like and some of them worked in an ad agency or whatever they whatever they went to college for, and then they would just do comedy at night, and they would always I remember them saying just don't ever quit your job. Like you don't want to. You don't, they, they don't, you don't want to make yourself take bad gigs because you don't have any money. Yeah. You'd rather, some guys would rather be able to say no to like a bar show in the middle of nowhere and just keep their regular job until they can't, they, keep, keep they got too much work and they can't do it. Uh, but that's not what you did. No, I, I, I wanted to get all those dumb gigs. I think those, you know, I think there's a good balance for both. Uh, which everyone do, but yeah, I, di I didn't do that. I, I worked at the, you know, I worked at my temp agency, basically until I got married. And then when my, when my wife moved up there, you know, I was able, she, she had a job. So that was, so we were able to live off her. And then, you know, and then I slowly started to build where you would make like 10 grand a year off comedy. I remember I just wanted to make enough money to where like it was what I would be making if I worked at a restaurant. Like, you know, where it's like, if I had a restaurant, everybody would be fine with it. So if I can just get to that much money, twelve, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year, and then you would be, then I would be fine. And you figure it was, what was the time from you saying, I'm gonna move to Chicago with my buddy, to when you actually were making, let's call it 20? Uh, so I, mean, I don't wanna do, have you do math. It's hard. It just sits there like <laughs> 30 years. I like, he doesn't. Uh, it's, I, I moved in, I started in 2003, January of 03. And then 2008, I remember was a very big year for me. But I didn't, I don't think I was making $20,000. Uh, maybe. 2008, maybe. It's close. Maybe close to 20000 there, maybe. Uh, so that's 2003, 2008. Yeah. So that's like five plus years. Yeah, and I was very lucky, and I got that was that's uh, fast. That's fast. That's not you know. I mean, that's I remember. My wife asked me one time, like, how long would you do this before? <laughs> was there a suggestion? Was that a, like a yeah? How long are you, are you do done? This? Yeah. <laughs> you're like tonight, she's like, no, in your life. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I remember. I remember her asking once, and you know. Cause it was like her family, her parents are great, but they, to them, it was much more of a shock of like, I'm moving there to do comedy, where my parents are on board with it. Yeah, you have a- My parents time. did, we did, uh, they paid, I did, you know, the Lou Pearlman, the guy that, uh, he died, but he like got arrested for taking people's money. He like managed like NSYNC or something, or Baxter Boys. And he would do this big festival, and I, I tried to get in it one time. Not a festival, but like this contest. And I remember trying to get into it once. I talked to my parents. My parents paid like $1,000. And then it, like, there was a hurricane. We didn't even get to go. It was in Florida. And they wouldn't get So my parents just lost $1,000. But like, that's how much my parents were like, 
into it. On into yeah. it. Like I was able to talk to them into I could like go to them like, you know, with your doe eyes and just be like, please, I have to do this. Like, you know, and they would be like, okay. And, and just wasting their money. In-laws, not so much. No, I mean, they didn't even understand. They, it, it's just such a different world. They don't even, you know, if someone's not around like anything that's like that, they, it is very hard to wrap your head around it. I mean, now they can obviously see. Uh, but yeah, it's very hard to be like, you know, what are you doing? Like, what's happening? It's, uh, can Give me a little more there. Like, the, this is the story of yeah. like the 10,000 people who are listening right this second. They're like, yeah. Oh my God, my, I, I figured out a way to get my parents on board and my in-laws or my girlfriend's parents or whatever, they think I'm a loser, that I'm, I'm like, it's hard for me to make a living. How am I gonna do something practical? Yeah. There's all these like little microaggressions that the world throws at you when you wanna pursue yeah. a big crazy dream. Yeah, well, I, I could, what I think about all that, so, my, so her parents, I don't think were completely on board. I don't know if I ever, they told me enough, but I don't know how much I would have cared because I do tell some people ask me like if they're, they're they're married or they're they're doing this like how do you do it with being married and uh I mean I tell everybody like you have to I remember telling my wife uh I mean I was like when she asked me that question I was like this is what I'm doing so this is what's happening so whether it happens it happens it doesn't doesn't but I there's no plan b there's no I love this, this is what I want to do, and this is what we're going to do. And I never was like, you know, in a, in the, in not, in not sounding like a bad way, but it is like, you can't, when people like have girlfriends and I'm like, you can't make that, you can't change and let that person take you out of what you're trying to do. Because uh, I always say you have to be obsessed with it. You have to be obsessed. You have to go out every single night. I went out every night to shows for nine years every single day, doing 10 minute shows, whatever, in front of three people, 100 people, it didn't matter. I did shows, I wouldn't get home until five in the morning. Uh, you might sleep all day, then I'd go back out and do it that night. But when you're doing a job like this, no one needs us to do this job. No one is asking us to do this job. You're, it's a luxury to get to even, get to a point where you get to do this. So you have to commit to it all the way, and you cannot have a relationship, you either girlfriend or boyfriend, husband or wife, they can, if they get in the way, then you're never gonna make it. And I promise you won't make it. You have zero chance to make it unless you commit and dive all the way in and have no backup plan. Like this is what you're gonna do. And I mean, there's gotta be talent's gotta be there, obviously. It's not like you gotta have the drive to do it. But, you know, look at like athletes. Like if you do like, you know, LeBron James, obviously, no matter what he does in his life, he's going to be an athlete. He's very talented, you know, and, and it's just his build. He was built for that. But if he, he, could, he could play in the NBA, but if he wants to be the greatest, he has to work at it as much as he has to work at it. And that's what you have to do. You have to watch comics. I always said when you first started, you always needed to have a comic right below you that you could give advice to and a comic right above you that you could take advice from. You don't always want to go ask the people that are too famous. They're not going to remember. It's hard for them. To, and it's changed. They've been famous yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. So you're like, what do you, what's open mics? And you're, they're like, I did them 15 years ago. I don't know what they're like. You got to have someone right above you that would be not famous, but that person's going to, he'll be able to answer more questions than anybody could answer because he just went through what you went through. And then I think you got to have someone below you 
that you can then retell because you need to constantly hear yourself and you need to be talking about whatever you're chasing that much you have to like I mean you have to talk about it like that's all you talk about that's all you want to do that's all you want and if you know I remember like you know people would like take days off you know like well Monday I like to spend with my girlfriend and I was just like it didn't make sense to me I was like what do you mean like well I got it we got to have some time for us and I was like but you don't you don't have to have time like you're you're trying to win the lottery so there is no there will be time and there will be time where it will be great but right now like when you're starting you can't just be like Sundays or I stay at home and we watch <laughs> like no one cares yeah because guess what I, I'm going out on that Sunday so I will be out you stay at home and I mean and it's got to be a weird, it's, there's a balance. So you do have to live a regular life because you have to draw from experiences. But, you, but, but comedy's got to be the, or whatever your thing is, that has to be the thing that you're like obsessed with. And, uh, you know. There's something like about people, there's like you have to scale the, your work to your ambition. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a big gap between what people think it requires, and, and that's what, you know, it's been a huge theme of the show and theme of Creative Live. And it was really it's powerful to have you, like, really over-index over on that. Is there, was it competitive? Yeah, comedy's very competitive. You know, it's a weird, it's not competitive as, like, sport, where it's, like, an obvious, like, victory over someone. But yeah, it's very, I mean, the whole time you're like, someone gets something and you're like, well, how did that guy get that? He got, you know, he got to be on a late night show and I didn't, what did he do? And how did he get that? Why didn't I get that? And that's your, I still think that today. I mean, I have, you gotta have something that makes you drive. I, I can make stuff up in my head a lot. I can take stuff wrong ways. I can, uh, I can feel like someone slights me or someone, if I don't get something, I think they did it because they don't think I'm good enough to do it. And then that will, that forces me to, you know, then be like, well, I'll, I'll show you. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, you know, and I, you try not to like, when you like, I think you got to complain too about stuff. So I think it's good to complain. But I think that group you complain to has got to be a small number of people. Yeah, you don't, you can't complain to like, yeah. If everybody knows that you're just a nightmare, it's a, but I do think you have to complain to like your small group. Find your true friends that you're going to be friends with probably forever, and then you guys like just complain about everything, and then you can like get it out. You got to get it out. You got to say it. You got to get it out. You can't let it just build up inside of you. Like just just keep like. Let's go back to this. Is this the same community, or is this a different oh, yeah. community than your comic? Because you talked about having a, no, like it's a, it's just, it's comedy. Okay. Like it's uh, gotta have someone. That you no trust. one's gonna get it. Like once you start talking to people that are not doing that, yeah. it's it's just hard. We used to say that about like with comics. Once you hang out with someone that's not a comic, uh, comics are, they make jokes that are like crazy, and then uh, just milk with ice in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is this is like my sponsorship. <laughs> like just go, yeah. Uh, Couldn't wait, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. I love it. Uh, I hope no someone doesn't know that joke and they're like, this guy's a psycho. Like, it just, they're going to just think like I'm just... <laughs> you go to $20,000 then you demand milk with ice in it. Uh, but they... Uh, you, you know, when you hang out with people that are not comedians, like guys make jokes 
like I would say, like you make, you know, comics like their 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 material, the stuff that we say to each other can be. It's just like brutal. Like it's just very like you know. I have, I've it, been around it. A yeah, bit. yeah. It's, well, they do it's, like it's powerful. So to the comics, you know, if you, that's always say if you meet a comic, and if you're with another comic and like someone doesn't do a rape joke in five minutes, you're like, this guy's not that good. Like, he should be, like, in a bad, like, it's very, you know. It's crass. It's like, yeah, it's crass. It's like, uh, I mean, like, a lot of cops, military, like, all these people that have these crazy tense jobs, usually their sense of humor is, like, pretty wild. And that's how it is in comedy. And then so sometimes you're, you get around regular people and you can, like, cross a line quick. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I've been around comics too much. And you have to tone it down. But I think that's a good thing. That's a good uh, is it a pressure valve? Is it a yeah? It's well, it's being funny to each other, and so when you're com- like that's why I knew I think New York is the best and produced the best comics. Boston, I actually think, is the most the best comics have come out of Boston or from Boston have some kind of tie to Boston. But then New York is like where everybody goes, and the New York guys, the New York comics are the best in the country because they're it's busting balls. It's you know trying to be funny to each other and like you so like when you're in the group with all of you you know now you're with eight comics and you're trying to be funny and have the best line out of these eight comics so that is competitive that yeah. is like you know that gets it's the spirited, juices spirited jousting yeah when you and when you like don't when sparring. you yeah and it keeps you when you get out of it uh you can feel yourself like lose a step for some reason you know the new york audiences are the toughest there you got to go and like get them very quickly and uh, make, them, make them laugh fast. I mean, even now when I go back to New York and I do just spots where you do like 12 minutes at a club, uh, the first spot always, I like kind of, it never goes that good. Cause I got to get back into the energy of like doing New York. Yeah. Like, and so you got to like, oh, I got to speed it up and like just hit them. You know, you're I'm used to like, when you now on the road with an hour it's a long thing, it's a big show, it's a whole thing. So you're, it's very more drawn out. And when you get back down to like 12 minutes, you're like, oh, I gotta crush it. You gotta quit. get in there. Yeah. 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 So I'm gonna try and put a bow on what you were just talking about. Having a community is really important. That a community that you can be competitive with, you can cry about yeah. shit with, you, yeah. can, you can joust and spar and, and challenge one another. Um, so it sounds like that's critical. But what about material? Because if you're if you're always around, I notice your material specifically comes from daily life. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it comes from being in a competitive environment with a bunch of other people who are doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. So how important and where do you go for inspiration? And obviously, people's inspirations come from all over. How did you figure out yours? Is it is it reps? Like, did you used to do the clown act like your dad, yeah. and then you were the magician, and you're like, no, nope, that's not it, that's not it. And how did you find your voice? I think that's one of the most misunderstood or hard yeah. to, hard to capture things. Whether you're a photographer, designer, an author, an entrepreneur, like, what am I gonna do? What's my stick? What's my thing? Yeah. How did you figure yours out? Uh, it's very unique. Yeah. Uh, some of it you get lucky with just like my accent and my, the way I talk and whatever. Some stuff just like randomly kind of works out. Uh, but as far as like finding your voice, I always said I think, you, I think when you first start, you end up finding how to write material first or your voice. And some guys have either, some comics have either one. And they don't usually, you don't start with both, but you, will, you can kind of, one will become quicker than the other one. 
And I think for me, I, I was material first. I don't think I had my voice. Even though I had a voice in the fact that I just talked different than everybody else, but like to really hone it and to really figure out like what your thing is or like how to be, it, like you learn how to be funny without like saying something funny. And when, you know, and you're able to get laughs off just, I don't know, your pausing and your rhythm and your timing and you, all of it kind of just slowly comes together. I mean, I think it's still coming together. I don't know if I ever really, you don't ever really have it. Like you there's plenty arrived, of days. Yeah. yeah, you don't, like, I mean, right now, like that tennis, the Tennessee kid on Netflix is like, I was very, very proud of that. And I was very, like when I knew, I was doing it on the road and it was destroying and I knew like this has to be good like I and it kind of gets out of your hands where you just got to hope people see it and hope people watch it and then but now when I'm starting this new act you know I got this new hour and you're like you just feel like you're up there I mean, last this whole time like after the show I was like everybody's like fine right everybody was happy like I was asking the you know just because you're so nervous because they just saw they see the Tennessee kid you're like yeah that was like over a long period of time that you develop that material yeah and, and then this is practice. new yeah. and so then you're just you never feel like you're going to write a joke as good as you did the last one it and it never and you always have that feeling that feeling never goes away and I think if it goes away I think that's bad it can't you can't lose it but you have you do have a you know you're like desperate like right now I feel very desperate for material like I want I, I you want to do some stuff later? You want to yeah, just I'll just try some stuff here. <laughs> I don't have it. I just need some ideas. I don't have the ideas. I never built a surefire way to come up with the material. And I've thought about that recently. Like, I, I wish I would have probably... I never sat down and wrote. Some guys can write word for word, and I never did that. Which I don't think you should always... If you want to sound conversational, you can't write word for word. Uh, but I do wish I would have came up with a way to come up with material let's, like let's talk a little bit more formally around process yeah because you talked about some comics will write it out word for word is that from like acting and script is that where they come from what's their background or is this is this part of your finding your voice did you used to like write it down and you said oh that sucks when i write it down because i sound like a robot and yeah. then you record into your phone and then you you know you take notes on your phone like what's like how did you figure it what is your process and then how did you figure it out uh, Two-part question. What is your process? How did you figure it out? The, uh, my process, like how to come up with a joke, I mean, I just let it happen. Like you just always got to be aware. So like, you know, everywhere you walk around, everything you do, there's like a, just an aware, awareness of what's going on around you and what's happening. And, uh, and so like that's, that's how you do it. I never wrote. I would write down like in my phone like a notepad. Like uh, I could put my like if I have an idea like I'll just type the general idea of what it is and sometimes it's uh sometimes it's like you uh sometimes you a lot of, or even a lot a lot of times you come up with the funniest part first and then you have to build something around it and you know this milk with ice in it so <laughs> for the if, if you're listening right now rather than watching we I, I asked for a refill on water and then we delivered Nate a glass of milk with ice in it which is it's an inside thing. yeah this is my joke if you don't get it you're going to be like that's the stupidest thing <laughs> you have a career based off of just this uh but this milk with ice 
so we'll go to Starbucks to order iced coffee with milk. The guy thought I said milk with ice in it, and that's what he gave me. And then some lines in there where I would say, like, I've never ordered milk publicly in the history of my life. That line is from another time uh, where I thought of a joke, where I, was, I was always thought of this joke of, like, milk is just, like, milk's not in a man's life unless a woman is in their life. Like, you, cause you have milk your whole life with your mom, and then when you go on your loan, you go a long time. You're like, I don't, I've never bought milk for like four years. And then you get married and then milk's back in your life. You're like, now we have milk. Like, it's just like, it was a thing. Milk was never, I don't know, it's for everybody. For me, it was, milk was never just something that I would buy. And uh, so that was the general idea I had. And I could never really find a thing for that. And then, so when this came along, I remember that. And so then I put it in with this. Got it. And are you taking notes on your phone or is, are you adding it? In well, I just time? remembered it. So you remembered it. So then you're yeah. on stage and you're like, yeah, and you slowly it. just say it and you add a little extra stuff to it and you say the lines a little different. You're kind of always working on stuff. You're always kind of adding things even on the fly. Like I think I write best on stage and that was coming from New York. That was because in New York you would go up every night. So you could always be trying these. This stuff. is the, the point about repetition and just taking you got to do mix. a joke over and over again. When you first start, it's hard because you do open mics and the same comics come every night and you have to feel like you have to write uh, new jokes for these guys every show. But it's all like I, you got to have like you got to learn I knew early, I, I needed, you, you gotta get in front of a real audience, no matter how small it is. But it, you gotta get in front of people that you can tell the same joke over and over again. You, that's, that's what you have to learn. That's more important than anything you'll ever do, is learning how to tell a joke and learning how to like murder, like destroy. Like, you know, like you want to be, I remember getting five minutes and you want that five minutes to be so good that if you do five minutes and you have to do 10, that one five is clearly different than the other five. Yeah. And you're learning how, you, you gotta know what that sounds like. You gotta, I gotta learn what laughter, like big laughs sound like. So I'm always trying to get to those laughs. And I, I, I remember seeing comics, some guys would, they never would get to that. And then to them, no laugh they're comfortable with because they would never get laughs. I remember a guy coming uh, after stage and his, his set was terrible, no laughs. And I was about to like be like, yeah, whatever, man, this crowd's awful. Like, you know, try to give him some kind of yeah. encouragement. And he was like, that was pretty good. And I was like, and at that moment I was like, he's never done good then. Cause yeah. he should know that that wasn't. But to him, that was, that's on par. So he's fine with that reaction. And that guy will not go anywhere because yeah. that, if he's, he's fine with media, he's made it like mediocre, mediocrity, is that yeah. the, how you say it? Uh, he's like made that like okay in his head. So if he thinks that's okay. Then so is the message though, you're really, you need to be comparing yourself to the best. And if you were, oh, yeah. even if you only get, or in, in, oh, there's only one picture in your portfolio or one logo in your design portfolio or one joke that crushes, what you're trying to do is, then fill up your 10 minute spot with that only with stuff that crushes yeah. and be brutally honest yeah. with did, was that good was that low medium or high yeah. on the scale and yeah. is, is it a constant refinement of those only just because you, you also last night and in your netflix special and you take people on a journey like it's not always full belly laugh right yeah because there's no build up that way it's, you can't always yeah. everything be funny so yeah for a long time you want to like i uh I think comics sometimes now comedians start, they're a little bit different, like, you know, comedians that are younger, you know, I don't know how much it is for them to kill 
as much as they do. I don't know if that's, it's almost like that's kind of losing with some comics. Yeah. And they're almost fine with being like storytelling or like, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's like being interesting more than it is being funny. I still think it's about being funny. And it's about like really making, and I started and I watched guys that would just destroy a room. They would, the people would lose their mind yeah. and you'd watch them, you'd watch a crowd lose it. Yeah. And there's nothing better than that feeling of, you can hear people like not catch their breath and not, yeah. and just like they can't handle it. Yeah. And so you're, I'm always chasing that. That was happening last night, just so you know. I That's was in the good. crowd, the right. lady next to my wife, Kate, poured yeah. a drink on Kate, oh, and, like, yeah. laughing so much that she, yeah. she cut her mid-sip. Uh, yeah. The guy in front of me had very, very long hair. His hair was in my lap a whole bunch. because <laughs> <laughs> His head kept throwing yeah. back. Um, so, you, but that's what you're, you're, you're literally attuned to what yeah, yeah. success or the right reaction sounds yeah. and feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You just know what to chase. And that's why I know you can come off, I can come off a crowd and then be like, I don't know, that show is fine. And then, you know, people could be like, I mean, you killed like they went and you're like, well, I know the difference. I don't know. I can't tell you how I know, but I can tell that it was this, you know, I mean, these are all. Yeah, they're all good problems. Sure, they're like, great performances, yes. but they're but like, distinctions. But if I don't have, if I don't, if I'm not putting myself to a higher standard, then who is? And the second you start letting, like, not, like, letting that happen, yeah. then you're going to start losing some stuff, and it's like, kind of like, all kind of goes away. Like, you're, you're, it's very easy to slip. It's very easy to, like, there's someone else that's going to be better than me that's looking at me thinking I, could, I can do better than him. And if I give up at all, and then start putting out some material. Maybe I, maybe I don't. Like say this hour that you saw last night, if I'm like immediately like, let's go do another special with how I'm doing this. It's not gonna be, it's not, it, there's gonna be a big difference between what they just saw. And it, it's easy to do that. And uh, you can, you know, and, that, and that's your first step down. That's like the, you know, it starts. How do you prevent that? What do you, are you just, you gotta, is it vigilance? Is it like being aware of people it. around you or is it self-awareness? You know, honest people around you, like, it's kind of hard. Uh, you do need to have honest people around you. But no matter what, I mean, like, people are going to tell you that you did good. And, you know, you have to be aware that they're going to tell you that. You can't, you can't just, even when they're telling you it's good, believe it. You kinda have like to. like the guy who was coming off stage, or you were going to give him some good, yeah, good job, man, tough crowd. Yeah. Yes. Same thing. I was going to give him, like, uh, and, and then, yes. It's like you have to just be like, you have to, I don't know, you, you got to just know that you can always be doing better and just always be listening to other comics. Always be watching stuff that makes you strive and you are like, I want to be like that. I want to be good like that. I want to have enough material. You look at Jim Gaffigan, I mean, he's got unbelievable amounts of specials. Yeah. Uh, sells so many tickets. I mean, some of the, more than anybody does. So many people want to see him. Uh, you learn even having a career. What's funny is when you first start, you're very like, this person's bad, like, or this, you know, you, people first start, like just to use this as a reference, but they'd be like Larry the Cable Guy, you're like, yeah, he's just doing whatever. And then I, like, there's a point you go like, he's made $50 million. If you think it's so easy, then go do what he does and make $50 million. Don't act like you're, that's an option and you're trying to be an artist and like trying to do it the right way. He did something and it's crazy. No matter what you can think of someone's act, 
whether you like it or not, if they're very successful, it's very hard to get to that part. It's very hard to make people want to come see you and want to be like, I've spent this money. I mean, now you get these theaters, they're, they got a babysitter. They got, there's a million things going into this. It's not just we walked into a bar and you were on stage. So you have to give them a show and it's about them. It's not yeah. even about you. It's about give, you doing this show is about like giving this. You have value. to, you know, value. the yeah. second you don't care is the second they don't care. Yeah. And then people start dropping off and then you, whatever you had is over. You can't, we talked about it this weekend, was like you can't take it for granted. You got to always be like very appreciative of just, you know, what's happening. I always try to, I try to be very aware in the moments. I try to be very... You know, now we're having, you know, obviously more success than I've ever had. And so I try to like, I try to be very grateful about it. I try to talk about it a lot. I tell my daughter, like, my, you know, my daughter's six, but I try to make sure that she understands that like, I didn't, we didn't ha always have this or, yeah. uh, you know, I say it on, yeah, yeah on the yacht we had. No, I don't have it. <laughs> As I talked to her on the yacht, there's dolphins behind us. I was like, hey, just be grateful about what's happening. And then I'm just, we're feeding a dolphin. <laughs> so we've taken elements of uh, inspiration, community. There's some real themes. You're talking a lot about comedy because that's what you do, yeah. but it's, it's not an accident that these are themes across yeah. basically anybody who's trying to do something that is atypical. It's not like, go to school, get a job, yeah. get married, have kids, whatever. It's, or it's, it's, it's some personal journey. Yeah. You also talked about what I would call deconstructing the work of other people. Like you're looking at other comics or people who are ahead of you in the pecking order or the journey or whatever, however you want to classify it. And then people who are coming up, you're learning from both of them. Yeah. You specifically talked, we, I, I think I derailed you a little bit. You, you talked about watching Seinfeld yeah and watching basically the the journey that he took to get back into uh -huh. comedy after the show why was that important it was just to even see it just to know what to, to I don't know, see a little bit behind the curtain I guess because I was, I was just starting yeah. so to, to to be able to watch that and see it and just be get excited like being like this is so exciting like that's so fun and, you know, when we, when I first was in New York, I remember New York, it was always about the joke. It was never about making the money. It was never about, I think sometimes guys can, uh, uh, I say guys, I've just been comics, like, but they're, you know, but like, like, but they, uh, I think sometimes like people can think about too much other stuff. They can think about whether, you know. Are you talking about money and fame? Like web money, fame, but even like having a website, I need a website, I need to be like, I need to be networking. Like that needs to be their focus. Like they're focused on everything except actually the, the craft, thing that they yeah. need to do. The craft. The craft will make you do whatever you want. I knew that I needed to be uh, amazing at stand-up. And from that, I can be an actor or I can be whatever else I want to be. But if I can be so good at this one thing that everything else will come, anybody will ask you to do stuff. People would start and they'd be like, well, I'm going to make videos. I'm doing these videos. I'm doing improv and I'm doing stand-up. Like, well, there's no way you're going to be really good at all those things. So you're going to be fine at all of them. And, but I, why not just be great at one yeah. 
and then go to the, then let the other stuff come. But be un, you know, I mean, Steve Martin said it, you have to be undeniable. Be undeniable at something. Get to that level. And then you learn what it takes to get to that level. I always think I know how, if someone wants to be a professional athlete or photographer, be the best ever, I don't know how to do that stuff, but I know what it takes to do that stuff. Yeah. So Ma- mastery of one yes. thing shows you. Obse- it's obsession. It's yeah. an obsession. It's, yeah. You have to be obsessed with it. And you have to be at your, like, you got to be obsessed with the, even the reaction that you get from the thing that you're putting out, whatever that thing is. And you have to be so good at that thing. Don't spread stuff out. Don't, you know. And you got to learn from uh, mistakes. I never try to give too much uh, advice or if someone's like, what can you, what shortcut can you take? There's no shortcut. The shortcut is that there's no shortcut. There's never, I remember when someone told me once, it's, uh, it takes, I told someone last night, uh, it takes uh, long, uh, it's, your like career is, uh, it's longer than you want, but quicker than you think. And you want to make it, and you want to make it immediately. And it doesn't happen. I've done this 16 years. That's not a crazy long time. It feels like forever because I did it every day for 16 years. Every single day. Uh, common, like in, in whatever business, you, if you do it enough, three years, will it's like dog years. Uh, like that's why moving to New York was like I performed every single day. So my 16 years is 20 to 25 anywhere else in the country because I went up every day and these guys go up twice a week. So that's a huge difference, a huge advantage that I just because I went and moved that. And wherever you've got to go move to do whatever you've got to go do, you have to go do that. And you have to take those, uh, you have to take those chances. The best, uh, it's kind of, I, I, this all could be all over the place, but. This is beautiful. Uh, as someone's like, watch this, like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> the best, my favorite thing that I've ever, that I read that stuck with me the most, uh, Jerry Wintraub, uh was a, he has a great book. He was like Elvis's manager and then became this big movie producer, produced Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Thirteen. He's di- he was like an older guy. He died like a few years ago. I never knew him or anything, but I read his book. I would read a lot of books about like guys starting, people, whoever's starting something. And I remember in the book, he, he started, he worked in like the mailroom of some agency. And then he moved his way up into New York and was in this, uh, an agent. And then he, I remember in the book he said, uh, I, I, anytime I, I knew that anytime I started feeling comfortable, it was time to make a change. And when I read that, I moved from New York to LA within five months of reading that. I told my wife we have to go, because I knew I got to a point I was not having to hustle to get spots at, to do shows at comedy clubs. I could play any comedy club in the city and, but when I read it, it made so much sense to me. I was too comfortable. And I knew that if I stay here, I can end up being 60 years old and just having to do, you know, 100 shows a week to make no money. Like, you know, but you, I was going to have to like, I, I was just at that point, I was like, I got what I got out of here and I needed to mix it up and then make myself like re-hustle, like make myself nervous again and make wow. myself scared again. And I mean, we moved and I moved, I mean, it was right after I read that. And that's my favorite quote I've ever read. And it's, I think it's a quote for any, no matter what anybody does, if you ever start feeling comfortable, 
you, it's, you got to change it up and you got to put yourself, whatever it is, move, do something Different. to make change you uncomfortable because you're not trying as hard. That's the first time it starts going. Like if you don't move, that will be your first time you go down because you'll just get too used to, like you get too like, uh, I don't know, it gets too easy. It gets too, you know, and you're not really trying. You're not pushing yourself to get to some ex next level, whatever that is. Let's talk about hard stuff. What's something that's really hard right now? Because I think if you're, and I, I asked this question to sort of both learn and dispel the fact that you just landed a Netflix special, it's crushing. Everyone's talking about it. You're on a rocket ship, but there's still, it's gotta be hard shit happening. Yeah. It's pretty What's easy on? now, man. <laughs> <laughs> After uh, you just all, gave us this inspiration, I love the inspiration. But like, I'll be honest with you, I'm trying to take it easy, not change it up too much. I just want to go back to everything I just said. Just like, uh, you know, what's hard? I mean, I think now it's hard just to like, I mean, to there's way more expectations when people come to the show. So to make sure that they leave with that that you're still giving them what they expect what they want to see that special came out in march it's may it's very you know quick i was able to, i can do a new hour now and i you know but it's it's learning how to like that new hour is nowhere as good as the special was so it's now it's hard to just uh it's hard to like keep you know just to, i mean just to keep everything rolling keep yeah. everything up Keep wherever level I'm at now, you gotta get to, there's another, there's a level that's way above me. I'm not even close. Like, when you see people be famous, man, like, if you're around, like, I, you know, I've been around Fallon. Like, they're, they're famous, dude, it's, it's unreal. Like, it's, and it's not about, you know, even though it is, fame. it's not about, it's about the, the famous. Yeah. It's never even about, like, money's never been a thing. I mean, all that stuff does show you, though. You do need to make this much money, and that means that you're high on your, whatever you're doing. Yeah. But like where you see those guys are at, like where are these, you know, the comedian, Ellen DeGeneres and like, like her special is so good. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah she, was she was one of the first comics I ever saw. I remember watching her special and it's unbelievable. She's one of my favorite comics of all time. David Spade too. Yeah. They, uh, but uh, seeing, those, seeing them get to that level of that fame and then like where I'm at, like it's, I mean, it's not even like close, like there's, there's so much more to go. There's so there always is. There's yeah. There's you're you're never to like the height. Kevin Hart like I mean just in these arenas, uh, you're never to that. You're never to that level. So it's like it's you gotta always keep seeing that. You know the other thing too is about living in New York that was good, but you need to also see people get stuff. Like that's you. That's why it's hard when people sometimes stay. In their, in their hometown, or, yeah, yeah. in their own world, yeah. and no one's made it from that world. If you never see someone make it, then you don't think it's impossible. That's why people think it's impossible to be, become famous, because they, they've never seen someone become famous. You need to see someone become famous. So then you can see, I remember doing an open mic with Aziz Ansari, like, and then Aziz got passed at the Comedy Cellar. Passed means you get to work there. And so he got passed to the comedy cellar and we're like, wow, that's crazy. And then he was hosting the MTV Movie Awards. And it was just like that. And but I saw that, like that guy was this, just here yeah, with you me. Were this close and now me. he's there. Yeah. So then you're like, okay, there is, there is a way to do that. Amy Schumer we started with. And you know, like you've seen these guys move up 
And you need to see that. You have to see that. You have to be able to see that there is a way to do it. They are, there's, they're not, they don't, you know, they're not doing something that you're not doing. And you're like, all right, I was just here with that person. They can, they did it. And if you don't ever go around people that do make it, you will never make it. So is it for inspiration? And are you also like, did you look at NZs, for example, and say like, what was he or Amy Schumer, he or yeah. she doing that I'm not doing? Is it, and do you get too sucked into what their world is? And are you obsessing over your Instagram feed versus working on your craft? Yeah. What's the balance there? Yeah, you can get, uh, you, you, I mean, you can get very jealous. That's where like, you know, you get very bitter and like, you know, why do they get to do it? They get, you know, all this stuff. Amy gets to do it because she's a woman. They need women. You, like you say this stuff and it's not true. She gets to do it because she's, Greatness. She's yeah. great, and she's and people want to watch her, yeah. and that's why she gets to do it. And once you realize that, that's the thing about even like Larry the Cable, like when you you can't sit and just think, well, they're doing like you know, they got it just because of this reason. They needed a woman, so they pulled Amy out. There's a bunch of women doing it. She's did it better than all these people. They're they're not going to just make someone famous because they. Uh, I mean, a, no one can just pick you and make you famous. No right. one can. If there's Only a guy once, that can you, do that. They can give you a show once. They can give you, you a show once. If you don't crush it, you're. It will yeah. go away immediately. The same is true in, in basically anything. And people are hiring you for a campaign and maybe you got it once, but if you're getting it consistently, that means you're delivering. Yeah. But the people who are actually the deciders. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The people who are actually. Oh, yeah. 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 And all, it's like, yeah. And that thing, too, it's like always be professional in everything that you do. Always. Uh, and be nice to everybody. That's something I think sometimes people can, like, you, you gotta be nice to everybody. Uh, whoever, whatever, nobody that you could be mean to at the very beginning, a kid that's 20, I promise, if you stay in that field, you will see that kid again, and he or and she will be making a decision if they're gonna hire you or not. Like, I mean, you see it in comedy all day long. These people are just like, this guy ran a show. Now this person books, the Tonight Show, or the guy that used to book Montreal uh, Comedy Festival, now books all the specials at Netflix. So if you were ever mean to him at like Montreal, I mean, he's still gonna do his job, but it's not gonna help you that you were mean to him because you thought, oh, just, he just runs some festival, like who cares? Who's he gonna be? He's very much somebody right now. And because they're doing the same thing, they're chasing somewhat a dream yeah. as well. So you're going to intertwine with these people for the, your entire career. And just as long as you know that, you know, and just try to be nice to everybody. And you can make your, if someone's mean to you, remember that too. If you want to bring it, <laughs> bring the wrath down on them, then, then so be it. Do that. But I can tell you that you never will want to because you don't care. You will always move up and you don't care. You, you end up, I remember saying that once to someone. Uh, and I was like, do you remember like clubs that wouldn't book you? Like, do you like not play them now? You know, and he's like, I don't know. He's like, it's just waste of time to like, care who cares? About, yeah. Like, why would you care? And then you, then, and then when you ask that question, you really don't care either at that point. And you're like, yeah, I don't care, man. This is not, you know. When you first start, I mean, when you first start too, it's like, oh, but you're making no money. You're making, we'd get paid in beer or food or you're making $20. And I remember people arguing over $20. And I just was like, it, it, it can't, like this can't be where your stance needs to be made. If I have to rely on this $20, then I, I've not made it. Like if this. 
you ever had it questioned? If I had to be like, man, you so said, had, like after this, I'm like, dude, you told me you were giving me 40 bucks if I do this interview. <laughs> and I didn't get my $40. Like, if I ever, like, am fighting over that, then it's, then I'm never going to, you're never at a level. You're never yeah. going to make it. You're never, at the beginning, you're going to get screwed the whole time. So many people will take advantage of you. So many people will do all this stuff. It's like, who cares, man? Just if you're getting to do what your thing is, that's the then game. that's then you get to take advantage of that situation. Whether you think you should be making more money than they, than they are giving you, it's not about that. If as long as you got to do the thing that you're whatever you're trying to do, as long as you got to do that, that's the main thing. Because it will all it all works itself out, and you will never you never think about that ever again. Yeah, I have a thing like if you have to ask. If you've done something, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's pretty simple. If it's yeah. not, if, if you're not, everyone around you is not telling you, your Netflix show was amazing. Yeah. And if you're wondering and you're not getting any feedback and you, you sometimes you know and you believe in yourself, you did a great job and you know that you're going to get polar feedback. Some people are going to say they love it and hate it. That's actually yeah. desirable, right? Because yeah. everybody's like, yeah, it was, it was really, it was okay. Yeah. It was, that was good. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. To me, if you're if you're a barometer, you believe that you're doing your best or good, and you're getting positive feedback, that's a good thing. Yeah. One of those two things isn't there. Mm-hmm. You're not there. Yeah. It's pretty pretty clear. It's that? obvious. Yeah. yeah. When no one's talking about it. Right. When you you can just feel it. Speaking. If you're of, worried. Yeah. Speaking of feeling it, I want to shift gears to your Netflix show. Mm-hmm. I can tell that you're proud of it. You talked about it a couple times and you, you just light up. You're like, I, I did it. That's a solid hour. How, do, like, how does it feel? And you talked also a little bit about trying to build up another hour. Mm-hmm. Do you, where do you feel like you're, you're taking off? Where's your, where's your psychology, emotional state? Like, what's it feel like to be killing it right now? Uh, you know, it's inter- like it is interesting. Dolphins and yachts. Yeah, it's going stuff. real good, dude. Uh, took I took a submarine here. <laughs> it's not even, not even so expensive to do that, but I just have that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's very interesting, man. Like we were talking about like doing like last night, uh, doing an encore, and this weekend was the first time I've ever done an encore, and. You know, you feel like you just don't even know if you should be doing it. If you're not doing it, you're like, who am I to think I should be doing it? You have to, you know, when people come out to see you now, that's a whole different feeling. Like, even, like, waving when you walk out, waving a little bit more. You know, I'm so used to, like, you walk out, you just grab the mic, and you immediately got to do what you do. And then when you say goodnight, you immediately get off stage. But now it's like people want to see you, and you got to come out and really, like, you know, I was pissed that you didn't look at me and like wave. Just wave a little yeah. bit longer. Like You're like, you, oh, that was you quick. Fourth oh. row. <laughs> uh, but there's just a, a bunch of different kind of things that you have to do when you, uh, when people start coming to actually see you. You also have to be aware that they know you and they're going to laugh at you uh, easier than someone that doesn't know you yeah. would laugh. And so then that's the part where you got to always remember that and always think about that to be like, I still need to be making these jokes as good as they can be. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a wild ride right now. I, I definitely try to stay in the moment, try to be very aware of it, enjoy it. Like, you know, 
I try to f still figure it out. You try to look, you know, I listen to like a lot of comedy on Sirius XM and I'll listen to some, some comics, some I know, uh, most I know, and then sometimes maybe some I don't know. And then you just try to like see like, what are they doing? How's their, what, is the, what kind of joke are they, how are they telling it? Um, you know, you know, you try to just like figure out, I think you're always trying to figure out why, why do people come out? Like, why do they want to see you? What are you doing that's making them like, be like, yeah, I want to do this. You can be up there and you're thinking like, this is, you just always feel like someone's going to see through you. And they're going to be like, wait a second, this guy is terrible. And you, you, I mean, you always feel that. You just always feel that at any point the audience is going to get up and walk out. Imposter and be like, syndrome. this is awful. This guy's not good at all. And you're scared of any, like you're very scared of that. Even though old. you've had just this crusher of a Netflix special, that's still yeah. a part of your psychology. Oh, it's so... I mean, it's, I mean, that's like asking, like, everybody liked it. Everybody's, everybody's fine, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's so much. I mean, it's so much of so nervous. And, and I, I mean, you know, what it seems is everybody always feels that. And I think it's good to feel that. I think if you don't feel that, then you're, you're something's not right. You, you don't love it as much. And, you know, you learn to, you learn that you got to love what you do. And you learn, I've learned that, you know, if I get asked to do something, I can now, I've learned, I can tell if I want to do it or not by if I'm interested in it. I used to just say yes to like anything and everything, which you should at the beginning, you say yes to everything. You're like, I don't know what it's going to be. So I will try that. I'll do a show there. I'll do a show wherever. And then, but now if I get asked to do something, I can always be like, do I even really care? Do I want to do this? And if I don't want to do it, I know that I won't put everything into it. Yeah. And then, so then you can be like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. That goes back to having a choice and, and keeping the stakes high. And like, yeah. yeah. At the beginning, you have no choice. Yeah. You eventually will have choices. And that's the best thing in the world is when you, you know, no is the most powerful thing you can say. But at the beginning, you can't say no. At the beginning, you can't sit and hold on to something and try to fight. Like, don't get too, like, you know, I'm an artist and this is what I stand. Don't get a don't get too far ahead of yourself. You're, you know, at the beginning, whatever you do, I promise you are nobody and nobody cares. And you don't deserve a right to get to do this. And so you, you, you can't, uh, you have to realize that and you have to say yes to everything and you have to be around and have to just be constantly doing it. A side thing, I mean, I know, maybe I thought of it. It's like, you know, now like building a new hour. Something that I try to do too when I build uh, an hour is like, like social media, like you have to get off of it because you, you can't, like it depends on what you want to create, but what you read and think is what you will create. If you read social media and it's so negative and political, like you will end up like, that's what you put out is like that kind of stuff. And if you get off that stuff and just walk around the world, you can do your, your thoughts are much broader. Like, I don't want yeah. to be political at all. I don't want to, I don't like, I don't like like offending people. Like I try not to, you know, I, I mean, I don't do anything. I don't think that really offends me, but I, I, that's just not in me to like, some comics like to push a, yeah. cross the line and that's great. And there's, go watch that comedy. I, it's, it's wonderful. I don't, it's, it doesn't make, it's not fun for me. I just want it to be a fun show. I always try to think, I want like fun, silly jokes, stuff that's gonna make you really laugh, stuff that's very relatable. And to come up with that stuff, you have to, a lot of times, get off social media, get off anything that's gonna be like a, 
making negative thoughts and aggressive thoughts because then that will show through your work. Whatever your work is, whether it's pictures or where it's like whatever it is, you know, you see, like speaking of like, uh, like, you know, like Jim Carrey like paints all those pictures of like yeah. Trump and all this stuff. It's very aggressive, like, and whatever. I, I, I'm not saying nothing about his political things, but that's a guy that's clearly looking too much into this thing. So he's, he's this artist that's painting and it's all this one thing. And if he got out, like if he just maybe, and I, there's a reason he's doing it, so do it if you want to do it. But with that, if say he doesn't get on social media and he doesn't let that world and just backs away, then he could be doing pictures about, you know, Anything. the sun and like actually life and actually the people and make it, your pictures be nice and yeah. show good light. You know, it's like you can see when someone's too much in it. Yeah. It gets too like aggressive, like in your world, well, it comes, that's all you think about. And so the, your brain is where all your ideas are coming. And if all this is just like anger, then what's gonna come out of you is anger. And then that's what you will end up, you can end up becoming that. So like, you know, and if you wanna do that, then do that and dive all in and be that. If you don't wanna do that, then you have to like, you have to like get that stuff yeah, you're, you're in charge of what, like, you selectively put yourself yeah. in the places that you want to be. So, two things that came to my mind when you were saying that. One, your act is 100% clean. Yeah. Clearly a choice. Yeah. If it wasn't, like, like you, <laughs> I had no choice. <laughs> How did you, like, uh, was, it that, was is that to be, is that in service of the, the, the that little, Thing that you just shared with us like i want it to be fun and i want people to come there and if yeah if i you know talk like a truck driver then i'm cutting out you know 25 percent of the people that yeah. can enjoy my work or how do you think about it you're you and and the, the ability to be clean you also mentioned ellen earlier like her lot the yeah. last what special she did and whatever it was 2003 and 2017 mm -hmm. total genius and it's yeah. boggling there's not a single swear word in it your act is the same. To me, that it's almost like that's next level because there's not this crutch that you're leaning on. A is an intentional, B, why? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I did it like, you know, I just, my parents would kill me if I was like filthy and I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't be dirty and I, I didn't want them, they would never, like, I, I couldn't have them come to shows and just being, if I'm just talking about sex or and being dirty all the time. So I just started that way. And uh, that's another thing about like starting is when you start, however you start, a lot of times is how you will always think. And so I started clean. So now at this point, I don't, I don't, I don't have no sex jokes and my brain just doesn't think like that. I'm not saying I won't ever, mm -hmm. I don't know, but I just, my, I don't, those thoughts don't, for material wise, do not pop into my head. And it's so starting that way has trained is like trained me to like be that. Mm -hmm. So you can, however you start, like, yeah, that's, I mean, you kind of pick a path mm -hmm. and then just stick with that path and commit to that path and then just go that route. And then you become, you know, there's plenty of dirty comics. I mean, that's the thing too. There's a lot, there's a lot of them. There's a lot more dirty than clean. So now it kind of works out that it's like, yeah, it's like you're now standing out a little bit because you're, different yeah and me saying it all fits into like when I don't curse and I have to say something's real bad <laughs> which is not the way someone says it but because I say that 
my rhythm's different. And that's yeah. why an audience thinks I sound different and it stands out more. Because I had to come up with a way to not curse. So I would have to say it this other way. And that all, it all played into, you know, and there's plenty, like, you know, yeah. if you don't, if you want dirty comic, there's, I'll walk you to <laughs> the dirtiest of the dirtiest that are the funniest people I know. But, you know, I like when people, I think it's very nice when someone's like, I watch you with my teenager. Yeah. And, you know, I have a six-year-old, and so I don't know what it's like having a teenager, but, you know, six-year-old, yeah, she's still a little, my little girl, and, like, will do everything with me. But I, what I hear is, like, when you're teenagers, it's hard to do stuff with your family, yeah. with your parents. And people want that. People want, it's hard to go to movies now. You know, you can sit there, if there's a sex scene, you're next to your mom, it's, like, weird. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> You know, so you want to do stuff with your family. There's nothing, if you have a good family, there's nothing better than like going and watching your family yeah. laugh. And, yeah. Uh, so I really now, and like, I love it. And I uh, just appreciate it so much just when someone like brings their, if they're like my 12 year old, me and him watched it and me and her, you know, some guy mess emailed me once. He's like me and uh, he has like three teenage girls and he's like, we do nothing together. They want, you know, not that they hate their dead, but what could they do they're, together? Yeah, teenage they're teenagers. Girls, right? He's like, but you, we watch, we watched you together, and we all love you. Like you're, he's like, you're clean enough for me, and you're cool enough for them, that it's like it works out. And so like that stuff is is very very neat. I also, you, we can't help but notice that there are a lot more male uh, comics than female comics. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned a few of your favorites. You mentioned Ellen and Amy Poehler, and um, in, a, in a genre that's uh, increasingly expanding to be more diverse. Yeah. Um, you know, just what's a comment or a thought on that? And, and do you feel that movement? Does it feel like a positive direction to you? And is there anybody that we're like who's coming up? A, a, a Michelle Wolf. She's very known. Uh, very funny. Um, she she had a special. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's an HBO special. Yeah, and, that's yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. she's the White House correspondent. It was the first thing that she. Yeah. And then it had a Netflix show. Very funny. Very. Uh, you know. I, like I don't know if I know any com like com I mean, I've, now it's like hard to say some like some comics with kind of female comics, but like. Yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more doing it, and you know the same thing applies for them as anything. It's. Uh, you're, I think female cars, I always thought female cars have really hard, like if they go on the road, it's hard for them to go on the road. It's hard for them to go by themselves because you go to a lot of really shady places yeah. and do a lot of dumb bars and a lot of stuff like that. And I remember uh, someone, a girl was telling me that like when she goes on the road, you know, it's like they have to deal with way more than a guy for would sure. have to deal with. It. It's yeah, unreal, unbelievable amount yeah. different. But that's what it is. So it's like yeah. if you wrap your head around, that's what it is. That's what it's going to be. If you're great, if you're great at what you do and you're very funny, I, no, one, no one is very funny and never really has a chance to make it. If you're in whatever you do, and I imagine it has to be with everything, if you're really great at what you do, you will have a chance. And the ones that you see that are great and don't make it, there's usually a problem. There's usually something that you could pinpoint like that person's a nightmare, they did this. There's the reason. You can yeah. get to the bottom of why they're not making it. Yeah. But no one's ever just like the most talented person on earth and they're just homeless yeah. and like living like, you know, there's, there's, there's usually reasons that if you're super talented, you can do it. 
So if you get above your act, you know, and with uh, female comedians, you know, I, I think for them it's it'd be, I'd probably be better to go even like I would say go to New York or L.A. or like just get in a scene like that. Like I, you don't I don't think you want to go on the road, which I mean a lot of male comics wouldn't want to go start on the road. Yeah, I think it'd be much Starting harder. Your home home turf. Yeah, your your home turf, and you're getting to do what you do yeah. reg a lot. Like in at least you get to go home. At least you get to like. You know, you're not just on in the the middle of nowhere at a Motel Six, and yeah. you know, you don't want to be scared. You know, and I mean, I think they could. Oh, for you sure, know, that's a huge barrier, and it's it's. Like it's an unbelievable double, barrier. Double, yeah. double standard. All right, we talked a lot about community. We talked about like your personal work style, um, curveballs, your success, which is was really fun. I'm going to ask you. Just, I thought the show slayed last night. No, that's good. Did you feel like that? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I did. The first show, I, the first show was, I liked a lot. Yeah, I was at the first and show. And then uh, uh, the second show I felt, but the second show, sometimes it can be just it's 9.30. It's still, both, all this is great. So this is all, <laughs> like, you know, there's no, like. But this is the real time. Like, I want to, like, you're saying, like, be real. Like, that's why I'm asking you the question. Yeah, yeah. Well. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, I everybody wanna, around me was just dying. I'm thinking that someone hear this is the second show and they're like, well, I was at the second yeah, show. I was the second show. I thought I had a lot of fun. <laughs> and, you know, you're comparing, like, you know, it's as the tour is called Good Problem to Have. These are good problems to have. Is that what the name of the tour? Yeah. Okay. And uh, they're, it's, so you, that's the thing. I was like, good problem to have is, because uh, I hate when someone says that to you. <laughs> And like, must be nice like that. It's very like digging like <laughs> things that they someone. I was telling someone about doing a late night show, and I was like, I gotta work on this one. This one thing's not working for this late night thing. It's like driving me crazy or something. And they're like, eh, it's a good problem to have, man. Must be nice. Like you know, it's like they just downplay whatever you're complaining about, and you're like, all right, dude. Like, I'm sorry you're not where I'm at. You know, it's hard to like sometimes. <laughs> Talk to, when you want to complain about your success, you got to be around people that are successful and that are happy so you can complain. Because yeah. you get to a point where you're complaining about something and that person's like, I would kill, kill someone in my family just to get one <laughs> late night appearance. And, you know, but that stuff can bring you down. Like, you yeah. don't want to be like, uh, I mean, you want to be, you're like, you learn to like, all right, I'm, yeah, I know, it is, sorry. <laughs> but then you're like, you just got to learn. That's when you learn who to talk to, learn who to, you have people kind of come up with you. You can't be you know, jealous of, I, I don't know. Do you, do you assess yourself every night and make adjustments? Or is it just like, can you have an off night? Is it like golf? Yeah, like, yeah, I, I yeah it's not as bad. Uh, yeah, I always think it's a lot like golf. You have to commit, yeah. uh, which is like everything. If you want to do something, commitment, commitment. Obsession, commitment is whatever you're doing. If you don't do those things, you, will, you, you have zero chance of making it. And golf is like that when you commit, you learn that every shot, you got to picture the shot that you want. You want your ball to go up, start right, come back left. If I think about that, I have a good shot of doing that. If I don't think about that, I don't have a chance that that ball is going to do that. And that's how, I, when you tell a joke, if I, do, if I tell a joke and I'm kind of belling on the end of it, then it won't work because I'm not confident in the joke. I, you can deliver a bad joke with confidence and it can get a very good laugh because you're so confident. There's, there's people that... And there's people in any field that you will see that you will think is terrible at what they do, but they have something else that's so good that makes their bad thing be bad. 
So you, then you realize, like, there's times I could see someone that I don't think is funny, but I get that they're great on stage. And Physical comedy. I get, I get yeah. why they're big. Yeah. You have to be able to get why someone's big. You got to get it. You can't be delusional. Why are, you, just, why are you big? Why am I big? I don't know. The big people argue that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's hard. I try to think. I think being relatable is, I think it's being very relatable it's, uh, is a big part of it. And... You know, I do a lot of self-deprecating, which is you got, you got to learn how to do that. It's a very hard thing to do because if you, at the beginning, you can, people can feel sorry for you. They can, and it, it really can be, it doesn't work. Like yeah. they're, they're like, all right, gee. We're like, just like, yeah. come on, bud. I used to do it with wife stuff. Like when you do wife material, and at the beginning, they would, people could be like, well, why are you married? Do you hate her? And you're like, well, if you think that, then I'm not doing this right. Because you shouldn't think that. And so then you have to learn how to like tell it where you're like, no, just being relatable, dude. It's about yeah. just like the same problems that you have. And that's how I, I tell everything. I always tell it through me. And I want you to either laugh at me or you laugh because you're doing what I do. Or you're married to what I am. Or your wife is like my wife. And like that's, like I want it to be that. I never want to point, I, I never want to like, you know, be like, you're the idiot. I'll be the idiot. And then you can get on board however you want to get on board. And then that's, you know, that's why I'm, that's why I'm big. I don't know what camera to look at. So that's, uh, that one's not even looking at me. That's me. <laughs> I know. I just, I, 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 and that's why you just see my hand. Like, there's like, there's no, just have no idea. Be like, dude, I'm just good that's at show why. business. All right. Thank that's you guys I'm for coming. I'm talking to a clock at some point. Like, he doesn't get a lot of stuff. Speaking of relatable, I want to say thank you so much for sharing what's hard, what's good, uh, where you're going, where you've been. I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, I love. I could talk about it all. I love it. I love talking about. Uh, that is a good characteristic for someone who understands how hard you have to work. I think that's a. It's been a really consistent theme of the show. It's been. It's been on for ten years now. Yeah. And nobody sits in that chair and says, "You know what? This is so easy." So well, I really didn't have to work that hard. Those, those things have never been said. And the, yeah, and always like, and what, uh, whatever someone these, whatever field that these people try to make it in, the if the the person that's doing it, they always want to talk about it. That's it. Two, the good one is uh, talk to them about their thing. If you're if you're uh, like this photographer, sure, and you're starting in photography compliment their, the person that you want and just talk about where they're at. Don't talk about you. You're new. No one cares what you're doing. You have nothing to bring into the table at the moment. Talk about that person. You know, like that's not a lost art that people have. I would have people just email and be like, how do you get on TV? And you're like, you're not even telling me like, hey, you're good. I think you're very funny. I want to do something like you. They just like straight up just like, what are you doing? Can you give me the guy that books tonight's show? He, tell him, here's my tape, watch it. Like, there's no, like, buttering me up a little bit. Oh, Butter no. someone up. Go tell them, like... Show up. Yeah, be show up. Be in social feeds. Be in their Be like, oh, man, you do this. Learn from them. Yeah. No one's going to learn at the beginning. And then eventually someone will learn from you. But you got to learn from them. So go and, you know, like, tell someone they're great. And, like, and, I, and everybody wants to talk about what they do. Everybody, especially in stuff, like that's kind of out of the norm. They definitely want to talk about it. So they will sit and talk with you all day long. So just keep asking them questions, be very curious, and that's how you will learn everything that 
you know, you got to talk to someone that's in the moment at that time. And they could not be big. Like, it's not going to someone famous that knows that, that always is getting told they're good. Go to someone that's like, you know, just right above you and like, just say like, man, I like, find a person that you like and just be like, I love what you do. And uh, I think you do. How do you do it? Like, how did you get to this point? Like, just like, you know, interviewing like this. This is just do this. The show started out incredibly selfishly. Like I wanted to pick the brains of my friends and friends of my friends who were doing shit that I thought was incredible. Yeah. And to 10, 10 years later, it's the same thing. It's It's still this. Yeah. And I've learned a lot. Yeah, you You learn a lot. You learn a lot from just ask. And there's so much like whether it's in comedy or photography or design or building a business or what any of whatever, like the themes for greatness and the themes for like pursuing your passion and being a good human and pretty simple, pretty consistent. It's consistent, simple, and like uh, you know, it's obsessed. I think about that a lot. I always think if you can become great at something. It's something that's normal. You, you, you know what it takes to become great at anything. Or like, yeah, you, it's, it's all the same stuff. Yeah. If you want to be a basketball player, it's working out every day. It's, doing, you know, it's, it's, it's being obsessed with it, being in that world. Photographer or painter, speaker, whatever it is. It's, I know what it takes to become what, I might not have the talent to do that thing, but I know uh, what, what you, you have to what do, done, what you have what to do. Yeah. yeah, you know exactly that like they're, whole life has been revolved around whatever craft that they're doing and that's what you got to do thanks for being on the show buddy. Hey, absolutely you gonna buddy. chug that when you chug that just milk with ice in it i don't <laughs> want to drink this it gets real watery <laughs> this is a nice thin layer of water oh it gets real gross so thanks quick. again for being on the show appreciate you you folks at home thanks a lot for paying attention uh see you again hopefully i guess i'll be in your ears again maybe even tomorrow thanks all right that about wraps it up but uh, hey before you bounce two quick things um, actually, I'm going to go three quick things. Thing one, A, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you, you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we're able to have a conversation is awesome. I feel uh, honored to be in your ears right now and that uh, you've paid attention to what I've been doing, what Creative Live has been doing for some time. And whether it's been a day or 10 years, I just want to say thank you. It's also really important to know on the backside of that that I, I do a lot of responding to comments. So hit me up, on, you know, direct message me on, on Instagram or Twitter or at me. I try and respond as much as possible. So let's have a conversation that transcends me just being in your ears here. Let's try and do it some, somewhere out there in, on the internet land. That's thing one. Thing two, again, I'm not quite sure what channels you pay attention to me and my work, but please go check out. I'm at Chase Jarvis or slash Chase Jarvis or whatever on all the platforms. And it's really important to me. Also, if you wouldn't mind checking out Creative Live, it's something that not only myself, but 120 other committed hardcore badass people come to work every day uh, to build the place where creators and entrepreneurs learn so check that out they're just slash creative live or at creative live all over out there on the internet all right until again uh, probably tomorrow i hope i'll hear you i'll be in your ears maybe tomorrow and i'll look for your comments on the internets bye